there. Welcome back to the A to Z's of Junior Golf Podcast. Um, my name is Aaron Zane, and today I'm joined by my co-host Ryan Burr. And for all you new listeners out there, this podcast was designed to help you know with all the problems and aspects of junior golf that might be challenging. And you know, I went through the same issues that I learned from, and hopefully, we can help you out. Yeah, this is kind of like a roadmap of junior golf because undoubtedly, no matter how good you are or how bad you are you're going to end up going through some of the trials and tribulations exactly. that, that Aaron encountered from the time he was seven years old to the time he was 16 years old. So uh, you've, you've seen it all, and we're here to try to help them maybe understand that it's pretty normal. Yeah, I mean, there's so many parts of junior I mean, sometimes you might be lost and wondering, you know, junior golf is such a challenging game, and what can I do about it? But that's what this podcast is all about. We're trying to help you out. We're interviewing the best players in the world, so hopefully we can help you today. Yeah, and speaking of some of the best players in the world, we welcome in the fourth-ranked player in the world in the Rolex Women's Rankings. Uh, she's been an unbelievable player on the LPGA Tour. We welcome in Nellie Korda. How are you, Nellie? Nellie, thank you so much for joining our podcast today. Uh, you were one of the best junior golfers out there. You won big tournament after big tournament. How did you plan your schedule? HAGAs growing up and definitely, you know, playing in the invitationals with the best junior golfers in the world. Ellie, last year was a difficult one with COVID. Now this year ranked fourth in the world. Uh, what are your goals this season? Um, I would just say to stay consistent throughout the year. That's been my goal every year. And um, that's something I always focus on. It gets hard out there playing week in, week out. And um, your body, it takes a toll on your body traveling, getting up early and all that. So just staying consistent and healthy is probably a goal of mine. Nelly, you turned pro when you were 18 years old. How did playing junior golf help prepare you for the LPGA Tour? Junior golf and professional golf are two different monsters. I mean, completely different. When you get out on the professional tour, it's just a completely different animal. Um, you know, as I said, you know, in junior golf, I would play 10 events a year. And here I'm playing four weeks in a row. So really like listening to your body and um, is definitely important as a professional golfer. But um, yeah, it was super nice. I loved my junior golf career. I made some great experiences and, you know, playing alongside girls that are even out on tour now, you know, we all have some great memories. No doubt, Nellie, I'm sure uh, things are a little bit more challenging on the LPGA tour than they were at junior golf. Give us your favorite memory from your junior golf career. Uh, yeah, I would say playing in junior Solheim cup. Uh, that was awesome getting to represent my country. And we also did it in um, Germany. So that was really cool. Oh, thanks so much, Nellie. Great having you on the A to Z of Junior Golf podcast. Uh, what an inspiration she is for so many uh, girls out there that want to make it to the LPGA Tour. You know, Aaron, one thing that really surprised me about her was when she was talking about her schedule, that uh, she often took summers off. How do you go, in a, how do you go about uh, planning your schedule? Well, nowadays, there's just so many golf tournaments to play, you know, especially in junior golf. There's so many options and different places you can play. And, you know, one thing I think I consider a lot is the golf course I'm playing and the climate that I'm playing it in. Like, I'd rather play in Southern California than, you know, Minnesota, my home state. So, you know, you got to weigh all the options. Do you want to know, like, what course rating it is? You know, mm. what's the... The trouble is it more like trees or water it's, it's all into consideration for me so you actually try to find tournaments where the golf course fits your game yeah exactly i think that's something that's really important and you have to know the course before you get there too you have to search up 
you know, what the course is like. There's always like an online tour of the course. Yeah. So that's really cool. And another thing, obviously, you want to impress those college coaches. Our next guest, he is one of the most successful college coaches in the history of the NCAA. He won a national championship in 2012. He's been to the NCAA tournament 18 times. This is his 22nd year at the University of Texas. We welcome in Coach John Fields. Hey, Coach Fields. It's great having you on the podcast today. Thank you for coming on. Uh, my first question to you is, why did you become a college coach? I played college golf at the University of New Mexico for Dwayne Knight, who is now at UNLV. Um, I played college golf there for four years. Kurt Byram, Tom Byram were my teammates, along with Tommy Armour III and several other great players, way better than me. But I, uh, after I graduated, I, I went to Europe. My wife and I went to Europe, and I qualified for the European Tour. 1983, played the whole of the 1983 European PGA Tour, nine tournaments in, or nine countries, 27 tournaments, spent way more money than I made. So I got in the business of golf. I had a friend in Southern Arizona that hired me as an assistant golf professional. And uh, we got pregnant, started our life down there. And, and uh, after three years, it became a Class A PGA professional. And about that time, Dwayne Knight left University of New Mexico to be the head coach at UNLV. And I had kept in contact with our donors and alumni and got a leg up on getting hired for that job. Landed in his position, Dwayne Knight's position, small office, and sat down and thought, what am I going to do? I have no idea about this job. And it was a great place to be. One of my first recruits was Tim Heron, who's on the Champions Tour now, and, and Kent Jones was there, who's also on the Champions Tour, and uh, we had a good run. I, I recruited some really fine players that ended up on the PGA Tour, Doug LaBelle being one of those, DJ Brigman, uh, Tim Heron, and several others, and laid some good footing there at New Mexico, and then became, 10 years later, became the head golf coach at the University of Texas. Coach Fields, when every junior golfer arrives on campus, they all have had their own swing coach since they were little kids. So how does it work when a junior player arrives on campus to play for your team? You're their head coach, but they have their own swing coach. Uh, I'm a Class A PGA professional. John Paul Lebert, who, who is my assistant, is a Class A PGA professional. And Richie Coglin, my volunteer coach, is a former PGA Tour player. Uh, three-time All-American at Clemson, played for Larry Penley. And long story short, we have golf knowledge here, but we know enough to know to not confuse our players. And we absolutely don't want to confuse our players. Through the recruiting process, get to know the, uh, the, the coaches. And then we try to work with those coaches throughout their tenure here at Texas and then hope that those guys take that same coach out onto the PGA Tour. I hate seeing guys changing uh, coaches all the time. It's, it's never a good thing. I've had that happen on multiple occasions and it didn't end well on a normal basis. The one thing that's really difficult is when you lose your mojo in golf, it's not good. And you can go through some of the players that have been on the PGA tour, even player that was number one in the world that was never able to return, just got some bad information. And there you go. And we've had a couple crash and burn stories like that. So we are the eyes and ears of our coaches, uh, the individual coaches for our guys. And we'll have great conversations with them whenever our guys fluctuate with their 
were their game, but we certainly don't get in the middle of it. And uh, we're, we're hard pressed to, to make any real recommendations with the exception of short game and, and, and recognizing deficiencies. And still at that point, we're talking with their coaches. Coach Fields, you're one of the best college coaches out there. What really separates you and makes you such a great coach? When, we, when you have great players, they, they make you great. And so we've been very fortunate to have some significantly great players. But what we try to do uh, is, is help to enhance them at the highest level. And our experiences with either European Tour, PGA Tour, all those things make, make our make our decisions with these guys kind of golf centric pga tour centric we are their their desire is to get to the pga tour and number one first and foremost we don't want to get in their way we just want to help them get there so i try to develop the absolute best schedule and not to fear anyone not to fear any tournament not to fear any teams that we're going to play against uh, so we're going to put together the best schedule that we possibly can. Uh, we're going to travel with the idea that these guys are becoming the type of player that can matriculate out onto the PGA Tour. We're going to treat them like that professionally. We're going to give them the opportunity to um, have a great place to play and practice here. But truth be known, I mean, there's a lot to the recruiting aspect of what we do. And then when they get here, we get up in the morning thinking about how we can make that player better. And it, at the end of the day, when we go to bed, we're thinking about the same thing, truth be known, because we really want to help these guys get where they want to go. Coach Fields, when you're recruiting a player, do you just look at their scores and what's on paper? Or do you believe there are more pieces to the puzzle to consider? I learned from Dick McGuire, who was the previous coach at New Mexico prior to Dwayne Knight. And he said he always recruited winners. Now, to me, a winner is not just somebody on the golf course. That's important. Did they win at the state high school level? Did they win at a regional level? Did they win at a national level? Have they won on a worldwide level? Winner. But are they a winner in life? Are they uh, a really good person? Do they care about other people? Uh, and do they uh, take their classroom work seriously? And knowing full well that golf is going to dominate their brain, but I want them to be winners in life. I want them to be winners the way they treat people. I want them to be winners on the golf course. And if all those categories fit, then we want that guy at Texas. Coach, we think of golf as an individual game, and of course it is, but in college golf, you're on a team. How important is team chemistry? Really important. Um, uh, you can win without it. There have been a few teams in the last few years that have done that. It's not been my team, um, but I think it's important. And I think I always look at it like way back when there was the Vietnam War. And we fought it so long that a lot of times people would ask, why are, why are we even here? Why, what are we doing? I'm just using that as an analogy because those same things can happen on your team where somebody gets upset with another guy or they don't like one guy, the way one guy's being treated or whatever. So it really gets down to communication and then listening to your players, meaning 
if something happens on my team, I don't let it fester. I don't let it get bigger than it really is. And then a year down the road going, what? Why are we here? What are we doing? What, what's going on? So if something happens right then and there, we're going we're gonna to fix it and we're going to talk about it. So it comes down to communication. Coach Fields, how has a new NCAA rule, which uh, delays how early you can be recruited, affected the way that you recruit? No question, it has changed. Uh, I mean, Cody Gribble, who's now on the PGA Tour, PGA Tour member, he's been he's been hurt, but he, he committed when he was in eighth grade and, and Cole Hammer committed when he was in eighth grade. The bottom line is, is that that's not possible anymore. You can't have contact with them until June 15th of their junior year. So you can't verbally speak to them. You can't offer a scholarship, can't do anything as long as you're playing by the rules. And so that being said, uh, we can identify a player that we want, but we really can't make that happen or get that verbal commitment until sometime in that junior year, if, if at that point. So it's, it's a much healthier, probably, identity for all the different kids that are coming out. It's uncomfortable for somebody like me because I like identifying early. Uh, but, but bottom line is now that has changed and it's going to opportunities for kids, I think. And we'll be a little bit more uncomfortable in our shoes because I'd like to be projected out how we're going to be and who we're recruiting around. Uh, one thing that's really important to me is when you identify those, those really great core players that you think is going to be that core player, well, then you can kind of recruit around that guy. And if they happen to be like a Cody Gribble, um, a man's man, a really good person, people going to love him. And, uh, and that's what happened. Coach Fields, this pandemic has affected all of us, but specifically your team. How did COVID-19 affect the Longhorns? You have an organization that's kind of making decisions on the fly that that really have an effect, not only on your team right now, but the possibilities of your team next year and even after that. So we're all trying our absolute best to accommodate everybody that that uh, is on our team right now and give our kids the best opportunity to have success. It has not changed our goals. Does It does not do that. But I can sense the uncomfortableness of kids out there right now that are trying to be recruited and have really been robbed of the opportunity of being showcased and given an opportunity to know who they are. I would just say, no matter what, just keep knocking at the door and um, some some door is going to open and then take advantage of the opportunity. It might not be the door that you like or want, but it and, and go through it and then just understand that it, you can still have success. It's just finding that way. And people who show up every day and who have perseverance are the ones that have success. Thanks, Coach Fields. It's been unbelievable having you on the A to Z Junior Golf Podcast. Uh, your career's been incredible, and it means a lot having you on the show today. We really appreciate it. Hook them horns. Unbelievable. You think 22 years at the University of Texas, all the All-Americans he's had over the years winning that national championship in 2012. The guy's just uh, a wealth of knowledge. 100%, Ryan. I mean, he's 
the best, some of the best golfers that come out of Texas, you know, Jordan Spieth most notably. And, you know, it's pretty amazing that he could not only, obviously he's not 100% the reason why they got so good, but he was very important in guiding them to become such a great player. Yeah, and our next guest is certainly important to guiding you and becoming better. We welcome in the founder of the Junior Golf Hub, Roger Nick. Roger, it's great having you on the podcast again. Uh, my first question to you is, what is the current NCAA dead period, and what does this mean for junior golfers? It's great to be on the show again. The dead period's coming up uh, in April, so uh, that was announced back in December that they extended the dead period again, uh, and I think it's uh, it's been one of those things that is uh, never-ending uh, this year, uh, unfortunately, uh, for a lot of young players out there. But it, I would say stay patient uh uh, for those young players, it's, it, it is coming to an end. And uh, as the season gets started for the uh, uh, schools this year and their, their calendar and their tournament season, uh, I think these coaches are going to be very excited to get, uh, get motivated and get moving on their recruiting year for next year, if they haven't already heard. Roger, what are you hearing, though, about how the colleges are going to handle uh, the NCAA, of course, gave a lot of gave the players a COVID year and how that's actually going to affect how many recruiting spots they have available. Uh, you know, it's, it's actually been such a mixed bag. And, and I know a lot of the college coaches that we're talking to are really just kind of uh, praying that, you know, nothing else changes. It seems like, the, like I said, they're going to launch their season. But as far as their recruiting and spots are concerned, uh, it, it's it's going to be hit or miss in programs. You know, there's been a lot of uh, now movement in the uh, kind of the uh, the the, uh, the the portal. Um, oh shoot, uh, I'm going blank now on the portal. But uh, you know, for the uh, already college players transfer uh, transferring portal. And uh, so one of the things that's happening is you're seeing a lot of players who are um, you know struggling on what are they going to do and where are they going to go uh, from here. Uh, some kids who uh, earlier thought that this extra year of uh, uh, eligibility was going to be great um, has now uh, seemed to kind of turn tide and said, well, maybe they don't want to stay that extra year and play. And uh, especially at some of the top Division One programs, they're moving on and, and, and maybe taking their game to the next level, the professional level, which is now creating more spots. So coaches are really it, it, it is still a, a tough one. I would say, um, you know, for the uh, up and coming freshmen out there still, you know, plug away at your top schools, keep, you know, sending that resume, keep, you know, pestering the coach, be persistent. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with those spots right now. And uh, Roger, we know as 2021 has started junior golf as hot as, as heavy and as ever, especially in the warmer climates. And soon enough, it will be spring everywhere. Uh, this is a huge time. Tell us about the hub. And you know what? The hub is really excited. We got some great things going on. We're actually uh, this, this spring launching our player development index uh, events, which we're going to be at events. It's going to be allowing a coach guided uh, assessment of a player's uh, game. And that's one of those things that college coaches have been very excited about seeing and seeing where the kids are, are developing towards. Uh, so this is something now they can see their progression and not only on their golf game and the scores that they're having, but their golf skills as well as their physical uh, attributes as well. So being able to uh, see what kind of athlete they're getting coming into their program. So college coaches are really excited about this. Uh, and I think we've got a great uh, product for the PDI for the Junior Golf Hub. Yeah, for sure, Roger. The Junior Golf Hub is a great way for college coaches to really see junior golfers beyond their scores and what they post online. Well, thanks again, Roger, for coming on to our podcast. It's, as always, it's great having you.
right, thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. You guys be, uh, be well. Wow, incredible podcast today. Obviously, thanks to Roger Nick, who helps uh, certainly all the young players out there uh, try to make it to the next level. That was kind of the theme of today, talking to Nelly Corda, who had such a distinguished junior career, then the great coach at the University of Texas, and finally with Roger Nick. But some challenging times, Aaron. I know you're in the middle of that as a 2021 graduate, that there's just a lot of unknowns out there. I mean, do, do you feel that every day and every time you tee it up that there's just so much uncertainty yeah 100 percent. i mean a lot of kids a lot of my friends who are the same age who are in the same class they always joke about how they have no clue what's going on and and how they don't really know where they're going and yeah. it's really tough for everybody out here because the dead period especially you can't be watched by the college co- coaches out there so it's, it's really tough now it just means how important this spring and summer are going to be for junior golfers for aaron zhang i'm brian burr as always thanks for watching the From A to Z of Junior Golf Podcast.